four. Aw, oh, man, you sunk my battleship. Welcome to Strikes Our Fancy, the show where we talk about just that, whatever strikes our fancy on a given day. Today, we're talking about board games, what we like about them, our favorite mechanics, our favorite board games, our history with board games, maybe. I'm one of your hosts, Rob. With me, as always, I have... Rolling the Dice, Caleb. And I'm Cardboard Craig. Ooh, Fuck nice guys. names. Yeah. <laughs> If you're a long-term listener, Carrie and I did have an episode about this a couple years back now, almost. Mm-hmm. But um, but I, I wasn't in it, so it doesn't count. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I wanted to. I wanted to. After being incredibly lonely last <laughs> week, I wanted to talk to you guys about something very, like jovial. Jovial, but also something we all love. Like I know, yeah. like, like we're all we're all into the board games. So <laughs> after the loneliness episode, it would have been great if we would have got like six people in here. <laughs> did the biggest episode yet? <laughs> yeah. Like a, like a, a staged heartfelt moment, like Craig, we're here for you. We <laughs> oh, care man. about, care about <laughs> that. You. Should have been the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> so, do the rest of us get some specialized fifteen minute episodes to ourselves, or is it just special for Craig? Anytime, okay. if you want to do that, you anytime. should just record an emergency escape hatch. Where if we can't do an episode, throw that fifteen minutes yep. in there. Heck yeah. yeah! All right, I'll get that done for you. <laughs> And it's going to be left in the long forgotten projects of my other projects. <laughs> so, uh, I like playing board games. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest board game enthusiast. No. So, mm-hmm. I came into this friend group. Craig had uh, offered to me very early in the friendship. Let's play some board games. And in my head, I'm like, Monopoly, Scrabble. <laughs> and I said that to him, and he's like, Caleb, Caleb, Caleb. That is that is basic level bullshit. Mm-hmm. I think I actually said that. I was like, Caleb, <laughs> yeah. Caleb, Caleb. <laughs> Sounds exactly what I did in the moment. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think it was Settlers of Catan that he showed me that night, mm-hmm. which was really fun. And, and I'm not going to say I don't like board games. I do like board games, and I do like when we all get together and play them. But it's just never been as big a part of my life as you guys, I presume. Sure. Like, how'd you guys start out? Uh, Monopoly, Yahtzee. I actually, I think we as a generation grew up in a really great time for board games. Because as we were kids. Skeptic. I, I understand <laughs> why. Um, and there is, I want to say some more about Monopoly and Scrabble. But I'll save that for a little bit later. <laughs> We grew up at a great time for board games because our parents, there was a great, in the late 80s, early 90s, there was a really great, I think it was Parker Brothers, did this like family game night marketing campaign Mm, where they said, get your kids together around the table and spend time with them. Um, And granted, we were playing Monopoly, we were playing (laughs) Yahtzee, we were playing Scrabble, Battleship, like not the most intense or interesting board games in the world you have not played monopoly with my family <laughs> it gets pretty intense Rob. <laughs> i will get to that <laughs> freaking parker brothers trying to get your family around the table so that it can rip it apart <laughs> right right <laughs> but you know a lot of a lot of folks didn't have that like even the excitement of monopoly like rolling the dice moving the things having your strategy knowing how to cheat <laughs> uh, without being seen for, for me that was a good time and even back then it wasn't so much about the board game because 
Uh, for me, my family like really bought into it. We went to my grandparents' house every Friday. My sister, my both my parents and my grandparents. And we got around the table and we played board games. We we had a dinner, we played board games and we just played into the night and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But also like in the 90s, you had just this crazy litany of long forgotten by now games like crossfire uh there was this game that was like you were like the theme was you were in a jungle and you're like trying to cross a rickety old bridge gooey louie like just just all these wacky games were coming out in the 90s and really priming the pump for hey you know a board game doesn't have to be roll the dice move your token so many places around the board do what's on the board, and then it's the next person's turn. It was right. like, mm. yeah, you can have a board game that is like roll the dice to see which booger you're pulling out. We had that booger pulling game. I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> yeah. I was Gooey really Louie. excited to get that for Christmas. Yeah. And then as we as we entered adulthood and had disposable income of our own, then it's the rise of Euro board games, Ticket to Ride. Uh, what's the power mine one? power mine like the power plant power plant yeah oh well no but like oh shoot i have it i haven't played <laughs> it in ages yeah um but that Catan, like all these more interesting board games are really getting really getting attention especially in kind of the comic book nerd like hobby mm. shop type communities and then we also have when we were in high school Third edition Dungeons and Dragons was huge. And then as we were becoming adults, the whole fallout of fourth edition Dungeons and Dragons, keeping that fresh in people's mind <laughs> for the eventual revival that was fifth edition. So I I really do think we grew up in a kind of a golden age for board games, even though as we were kids, yes, our parents were still buying Monopoly and Yahtzee and all the all the games that are kind of looked down on today. Oh, <laughs> I don't play Monopoly. So, Caleb, you're saying you didn't have kind of that family camaraderie growing up? Like, you guys didn't do, like, games together? I mean, the- they didn't spend any time. Caleb didn't see his father for yeah. 12 <laughs> It was a heartbreaking time. <laughs> we didn't fall for the, uh, for the advertisements of game nights, mm-hmm. Rob. That we are independent propaganda. thinkers over here. <laughs> Uh, no, we just, uh, I mean, I, I suppose the thing that brought us together was always some sort of like movie or TV show mm-hmm. as opposed to like board games. Uh, but I mean, we did, who didn't play Monopoly as a child or, or who didn't play, you know, Scrabble or whatever, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It just, it's never, it's not been in the, uh, or our family's, you know, history sure. as, sure. as much. You know? I, and I'm not trying to call you out. I'm just... When I was growing up, that was something that I did with my brothers and my dad every now and again. And But really, for me, what crystallized it was I did it with my high school friends. Like, that was the thing we did, like, every weekend was we got together and played, like, Monopoly or Risk. And oh, then yeah. It, Those it, high school games of Risk. That never ends. <laughs> yeah. No one ever actually won, and no one ever was actually eliminated in the, the ways we played it. Like, it just, <laughs> we'd play all night, and at the end, we'd declare someone for the winner for having the most territory. When I was in, uh, I think it was middle school. We had this shed that had like attic space in it. Yeah. And electricity was run to it. So me and my friends, we strung up like Christmas lights in there 
and that was like our totally stereotypical kid hideout. We had an old TV and NES Hell in there. Yeah. And yeah, we played Monopoly. We played we had like an ongoing game of risk that <laughs> nice. we actually finished several times over. Wow. Because when yeah, when it got too late and we were done playing. You could leave it. Yeah, we left and it just stayed up there. That's great. Mm. And it's still up there to this day. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened to that yeah. board. But I think that for me, that was some of my evolution into board games was, again, in high school that really crystallized with some of those more classics like Risk mm-hmm. and Monopoly. But we started to dip our toes in more complicated games like Axis and Allies. And like sure. I think Lords of Waterdeep made it to the table a couple times back then. If I'm not getting my times mixed up. So, so Worker Placement got kind of introduced to us. And then Axis and Allies, which was a war game, but far more complicated than, than Risk mm-hmm. um, with different unit types. And stuff like that. And so, but then I think I had a dry spell, for, you know, like in college. I didn't really touch board games for, I don't know, maybe six years from when I went to college and then dropped out and then putzed around for a few years. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't continue to grow. I didn't keep continuing to involve in my, in my board game playing. And then mm-hmm. when I got back into it, I jumped headfirst into Euro games. Sure. So I don't really know why. I don't know. For myself, maybe looking back in hindsight, there's a there is a gap, like where like I I knew these better games existed, but I was, still wasn't playing them. I was still reluctant. It was mm-hmm. like a lack of people you wanted to play with. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it. I think it. If you don't end up like with that group, especially, you know, around the turn of millennium, then you're kind of afraid to say, "Hey, do you want to play Axis and Allies?" <laughs> like you don't want you don't want to be branded as that guy in that time. <laughs> You guys were playing board games in high school with your friends. We were doing land parties. I just want to say, fucking losers. Yeah, um, <laughs> my friend groups, like one person had an Xbox, one person had a computer, <laughs> one person had a Dreamcast. Like yeah. we didn't have enough to do land parties of any sort, and nobody had the hardware either. Like we didn't yeah. have hubs or any of that. I think it's funny uh, how early on, like in our board game history, and, and even now, there was like the, like I said, oh, I don't play Monopoly. I, I only play Euro games. But now that attitude has kind of shifted even higher to, oh, I don't play Catan. I don't <laughs> play Ticket to Ride because those are such simple games. Right. The The intro Euro games aren't looked on kindly i think in some circles mm-hmm. anymore what's what's above that <laughs> um so there's power grid i think that's still held in pretty good regard as an intro game mm-hmm. i don't know if it's so much anymore but like pandemic was one of them um maybe it hits a little too close to home after 2020 <laughs> <laughs> well but i think some of these intro euro games i think they more introduced new mechanics like mm-hmm. new ways like like you were saying before rob new ways to think of ways to play a board game yeah like what what happens after you roll the dice mm-hmm. are you moving a pawn are you getting collecting resources 
Are you moving uh, like an NPC piece that that is going to mm-hmm. affect a certain area of the board or a certain player? You know, and so I think a lot of these intro games are held up in such high regard because they're typically the first to do it really well. Mm-hmm. Like they're the first to really nail that mechanic on its head. Right. And then now I think, in my opinion, some of the best board games are blending all of these mechanics together. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a huge lover of Dune Imperium for many, many reasons, but I think the best of all of it is it's got, in my opinion, like seven different games in it. There are seven different mechan- core mechanics in that game that all work together like so well that to a veteran like myself, it's beautiful. But like I hate trying to introduce that mm-hmm. game to mm-hmm. new players because it's like, oh, hey, it's kind of like... When I when I explain to other veterans, I'm like, it's got the mechanics of Dominion, <laughs> and it's got the fighting of the original Dune game, and it's got the deck building of something else, and it's got the worker placement <laughs> of Agricola. Like, I can compare it to all these things and build a canvas. But when you explain it to me... When I gotta bring it to someone <laughs> new, it's like, okay, well, you play this kind of game over here, and this other kind of game over there, and an even different kind of game over on that other piece of cardboard, because I bought three DLC packs. <laughs> I, I think when you're explaining it to a total newbie, you really don't say you play it like this over here and this over here. You just say, okay, this is the place where you do this type of action. This is the place where you do this type of sure. action. But I can't help but feel that way. I can't help but feel like, oh, by the way, real quick, you've never played any of these games or any game, anything like this. I'm going to explain seven right, different yeah. games to you real quick. And I think that is a problem with the board gaming community is – a lot of those starter games that are the next step up from your, uh, you know, your monopolies and life. A lot of people don't want to play them anymore. No. And, and I think mm. it's because we played them a lot to death. Yeah, yeah. Like if you liked playing board games, you've probably played about a hundred thousand games of Catan. Mm. And has, again, I've only, I've only played probably less than a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> But has that begun to bore you guys? Like, is that, can you not settle down for a casual game of Catan anymore without feeling bored? I can, but I don't really like Catan. Yeah? Okay. I mean, Carrie, my brother and I have a running perpetual game of Catan going on our on our phones. We have mm-hmm. a, an asynchronous app where we can all play together. And so, like, I live most of my life playing Catan <laughs> these days, like, whether I realize it or not. Yeah. Craig actually called me out once that I complain a lot while I'm playing Catan. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I complain the whole time. Yeah, you, I, I, I don't think we should get it to the table as much when you're out because you, I, I can tell you don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I feel bad. I, I, I try to hide it, but I'm, I'm apparently not very good at it because... Yeah, Carrie and Jody both really do like it. Yeah. So I, I try to hold that in. And I do have fun when we play, but it's just like it is it is so not my favorite. Sure. Game. And I think that's totally fine. You know, yeah. I think different mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's a great segue into mechanics. Mm-hmm. Do we start talking like of the board games that you you've played and of you like? Like, Caleb, I'm gonna start with you. Maybe not as expansive of, of a repertoire of games, but um like of the games you have played, which ones really stand out to you? Uh, the it's the social deduction games, the ones where mm, yeah, you know, somebody pulls the spy card or whatever card it is, and the others around the table got to figure out who's who. Those always lead to very fun discussions, and it, it's always <laughs> a hoot. 
yeah. uh, playing with a good group of people. Catan's always fun. Like, what is that? Resource management or something? Mm-hmm. You know, I can't think of any other game that runs that, but I'm sure you guys know plenty, you know, like, but, you know, for me, it would be the social deduction games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even the, uh, what's that one where you're all psychics and you got to f- work your way up the tiers? Oh, is that of Mysterium? Up, is that Mysterium? Mm-hmm. That is hella fun, too. Yeah. Yeah. Where there's there's no secret killer in the group. It's there's a secret that yeah. you're trying to figure out as a group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So just I think, yeah, just working together with as opposed to opposition is always a lot of fun. Do you well, I was gonna say, is it the deduction element that you like? Do you like rather than having to worry about the rules of the game or the resource management, would you rather just watch and listen to people? And you still like that in terms of an adversarial situation or you genuinely just like co-op games better? I think, uh, I like listening to people. Uh, it's probably just, you know, watching people's expressions, trying to figure shit out as we go along. Um, I think I got Rob's poker face down pat. I can, (laughs) I I know Rob now. No, that's not true at all. He's always a stoic man. Uh, but I think, the the camaraderie that comes with you know the moment you guys hone in on a different person as the spy <laughs> i love that yeah. uh, especially if you're the one uh forcing that discussion and you're the spy yeah you know? that is always a that is a blast <laughs> just to really feel those strings in your hands yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i feel like i've lost the ability to play social deduction games oh. because no matter what i say nobody trusts me <laughs> And like, and it's, and it's not even that they believe the opposite of what I say. It's just like, whatever I say just goes into the ether because <laughs> there's nobody is going to take what I say one way or the other, because it's just not worth trying to figure out if I'm lying or not. Uh, I think I fall in a similar boat. Cause then even when you're quiet, people point, Oh, you're being really quiet over there, Rob. It's <laughs> like, yeah. Cause as soon as I open my mouth, I'm accused of something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So that isn't your guys' type of favorite game. Or I mean it's that, it's yeah. still a lot of fun even when that happens. Yeah. Um and especially like playing with Craig, where we can play the distrust that everybody has for us <laughs> off each other. Yep. Just like, well, you probably gotta trust one of us. <laughs> <laughs> um but I, I yeah, I do I, I again in a very similar boat as Rob, I think I get called out a lot for being distrustful. But I think it's fun to play that. Like and that's mm-hmm. just now how I approach those games. It's like, all right. That's an extra hurdle to convincing <laughs> someone of what I want, whether that's the truth or yeah. lie, it doesn't matter. But it's just the- so you guys will never experience this because of the distrust. But having people trust you and then <laughs> betraying that trust is just as powerful. It is because people it's happened. Yeah. That's why we've exactly. lost. Yeah, yeah. We, it's, it's a long storied road that yeah. got us here, Caleb. So I'm, you- I'm making my way down. <laughs> I I do enjoy playing with. Jody, for a listener, if you don't know, that's my wife. She's been on the show once. I enjoy playing social deduction games with her because she is fundamentally unreadable. (laughs) Because she always plays like she doesn't know the rules fully. Mm -hmm. And it's impossible to tell when the rules finally click with her. (laughs) And even once they do... Like the next time you play, she'll forget something fundamental to the game. <laughs> and then like you you just cannot read her because she 
she might not be lying, but then she's telling you a truth that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> or she might be lying. It's, it's but, her truth. But yeah. what she's lying about is not what she thinks she's lying <laughs> sure. about. Or it is. It is exactly what she <laughs> wants you to believe. Like, it is just impossible to tell. So it's like a uh, a novice chess player making nonsensical moves with a chess master. I mean, it. <laughs> no, I would say it's more like playing online poker with a guy who always goes all in. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. What about you, Craig? Favorite mechanics? Yeah, favorite mechanics? My favorite mechanic. I think for the past few years, I've been really into deck builders. Mm-hmm. Games like Dominion and now Dune Imperium where you have a deck of cards and from that deck you draw a hand and what you draw empowers you to do different things. But then as you're playing the game, you're adding new cards into your deck, which let you do new things or combo things. That's I've, I've really started to enjoy those, like mm-hmm. basically being able to analyze a landscape of cards and think, OK, what's the best, most efficient fit that I can get to build a really great deck? And then once you figure that out, okay, now how do I play the game to get to that deck? I know there's we're like three layers deep, and I I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm awful at chess, but I like that kind of <laughs> game style. I I I agree with that fundamentally because like I loved playing Magic the Gathering, right? Yeah. But that is to build the deck you want is super expensive. But a deck building game, all the cards are there. Right. The game and- is. Building the deck. It's get it. The game is <laughs> yeah. doing the thing to play the game, which just so, I don't know, is is magical almost yeah. in a kind of way. You, you you get to I mean there's a there's the element of randomness, but like you get to build the deck you want without having to buy a twelve hundred dollar card. Right. Mm. Well, but I think it that's a great point that like yes, you get to do it cheaper and it's built in or or that you've got an expanse of cards available to you. But I think it's fun. Like, basically, you get to rope other people into your deck building process. Mm -hmm. Like, because I think a lot of people don't want to necessarily play Magic. They want to talk about playing Magic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's like by playing one of these style games, you get to force other people into engaging with you as you're building your deck. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way. Oh, what was that? Did you guys catch that? It's time for Craig's Quiz! Are you full of shit or are you whiz? It's time to find out in Craig's Quiz! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my trivia game show taking place inside this podcast. Super meta. It is Craig's Quiz. This week, it's Cardboard Edition. I'm going to be asking my two co-hosts I know a lot about cardboard. Yeah, I'm going to be asking them questions about cardboard, and we'll see who knows more. Oh, like literally cardboard? No. (laughs) No, no, no. I have some board game-related questions. Hold on, hold on. How much do you know about cardboard, Rob? Like not, not as much. As okay, I was scary. That's why I was worried when he said when he reiterated cardboard. I was like, oh no. I don't know that much. Oh. About <laughs> the, the best answer would have been corrugated or plain. Yeah. <laughs> I have ostensibly been for the last few episodes. If we're going to have a conversation about something, I should quiz you guys' knowledge on it to determine whether or not your opinion is worth listening to. You know what? That was the whole point of this podcast was that our opinions were not worth listening to. <laughs> That's, I've dropped that tagline. We have? I never even noticed it. <laughs> yeah. 
We drop the tag, and Caleb, I've learned and I've grown, and I've, I've come to respect your opinion when it's earned. Okay. <laughs> I've come to respect your opinion, unless you're wrong. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Which we prove with Craig's quiz now. <laughs> unless you don't know the answers to these incredibly esoteric questions <laughs> that are only tangentially related exactly. to the topic. I'm glad you understand the game, Rob. And what's at stake? <laughs> well, also, the rules are always slightly off kilter. Like, yeah. uh, okay, let's go. I'm ready. When you guys come up with your own <laughs> trivia board game or trivia game show, I will happily nitpick it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, diving right in. Craig's Quiz, board game edition. Round one. Here we go. What mid-19th century tragedy was turned into a social deduction board game in 2017? In 2017. The Titanic. Titanic. But you said 19th century? Mid-19th century. Which would be 1800 to 1900. No, Titanic was like 1917, wasn't it? Oh. It was 1912. Okay. So, what tragedies are you guys aware of that occurred in the 1800s that was recently turned into a board game? The Great Chicago Fire. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. Chicago Fire. Rob? The Civil War? Civil War. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Before I reveal the answer, I want an answer from each of you of what does the board game version of your tragedy look like? <laughs> Caleb, what does the board game version of the Chicago Fire look like? How do you play that uh, game? Um, <laughs> I feel like the Great Chicago Fire is your character. Each player is trying to stop. A fire in Chicago. I got nothing. No, what the fuck? What could, it, people died, Craig. <laughs> people died. Yeah. And time plus tragedy, Caleb. Like, it's been <laughs> fucking oh almost 200 no, years. I'm, I don't, okay, I don't so care anymore. I'm thinking <laughs> a legacy game yep. where however much of the city you manage to save catches fire the next time <laughs> you play. <laughs> and maybe there's like a second sub game of like rebuilding the city. Ah. Oh yeah. So it's uh, yeah. But maybe the game starts off with a map of Chicago and you're placing your fire uh, your fire do, precincts. Do, do you get to be like a malicious fire starter if you want like oh, other other maybe. people to lose? But no, what what I was thinking was I don't I don't know if this is historically accurate to the time period, but you sell you're an insurance company and you're selling (laughs) fire insurance. So you have like, there's a round of the game where like, you're trying to sell fire insurance. um, (laughs) And then the fire breaks out and you're trying to protect the the areas that you've insured. Oh, while letting the fire spread to where (laughs) other people have insured. Um. I'd play that game. Yeah, that so, sounds. I mean, there fun. needs to be some more workshopping. But, yeah, yeah. Some yeah, city management and insurance fraud. Yeah, you know? so, it sounds like a great Friday night. <laughs> exactly. Well, like you should have a player play, like, playing the horse that started the fire. <laughs> I, oh my God. I don't know how you would do that, but a player needs to be the horse that started the fire. <laughs> I mean, we were just talking about how it's not about roll your dice, move that many spots, but roll your dice, move your horse that many spots, and there's a trail of fire behind you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can market um, this. You, you, you have to you have to convince another player to leave the lantern by their horse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, right. What other tragedies can we laugh about today? Well, exactly. I, I want to move on because you, Rob, you said the Civil War, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hit Penny in a little bit. It can't be a tabletop war simulator game. Oh, I was gonna that's, say Battle for North Africa. Yeah, yeah, no, that's too low <laughs> hanging fruit. For North too Africa. low hanging fruit. I need a non-military board game about the Civil War. Um, jeez. Okay, we're gonna have to cut out a lot of time here while I think about this. <laughs> since you've since you've completely derailed what I was gonna say. Fine, fine, fine. What? How, no, no, what, what no. Board no I really want to think about this. I want to come up with this answer. All right. I think if we can't do like a military campaign style game, it almost has to be sort of like a deck builder, maybe with some light resource management. Okay. Um, each side is obviously one side in the conflict and you spend a few rounds building up your resources and deploying where you're going to put your, your different units. And then, yeah, you have a few skirmishes. Yeah. I actually really like this idea. The, like I'm thinking like a zone based mm-hmm. card placing where like you have troops defending maybe your supply line cards that are further back. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that sounds fun. Well, back to the original question. What mid 19th century tragedy was turned into a social deduction board game? Yeah, we're doing a Craig's quiz. (laughs) Exactly. We're back to Craig's quiz. So here's the thing. Neither of your your pitches were in social deduction. But the game that came out in 2017 was based on, in late 1846, a group of individuals were trapped by heavy snowfall in a mountain past and were forced, over the course of a few months... What? To eat their fallen comrades for survival, which leads us to Donner Dinner Party, the social deduction board game where you have to figure out who the secret cannibal is. Oh, I think I've heard of that, actually. That is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I love that. that. Uh, I want to take, take offense, though. You were pointing out that we didn't come up with social yeah. deduction. You asked us specifically, okay, well, what type yeah. of game would you make I that? know, I know. I was more interested in that. I want to know what, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to limit you that much. I was going to go super dark and say, like, the Wounded Knee Massacre. (laughs) (laughs) And then you would have asked me, how would I have played that? Yeah, how do you play that game, Caleb? Oh, shit. I think, okay, Craig, you should come up with how the Wounded Knee Massacre (laughs) would be That's the goal, exactly. Uh, You read the rules and then cry. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever whoever goes longest without crying wins. Exactly. It's actually, that's that's the secret. It isn't actually a game, it's just a book. (laughs) So, after round one of this week's versions of Craig Kiz, no points on the board. But I got high hopes for round two. I think I should get half a point because I came up with with uh, Caleb's game. I'd agree with that. No? Yeah. yeah. All right. If you're willing to give him half a point. I'm willing to. All right. <laughs> we appreciate your largesse. <laughs> round two, though. Jumping right in. The game, War on Terror, the board game, was released in 2006 and was a scathing critique of the United States invasion of the war in Iraq, veiled as a board game. This game led to confiscations across the U.S. by police for what game piece that was included in the box? Um, so let me the rephr- anarchist cookbook. Ooh, that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. But so so yeah, let me rephrase real quick. There is a game piece that was included in this board game that was getting people. They weren't arrested, but their copies of the game was be were being taken away from them by the police. Um, a vial of live anthrax. <laughs> Shit. 
Unfortunately, no, not, neither of these things were that. But I do really like the Anarchist Cookbook. That does that would be a, a great addition to any board game. Uh, any household. Yeah. However, the answer is more ridiculous than I would really even give it give the real world credit for. I was thinking something that could be used as like a crack pipe. <laughs> huh. Like something something that ends up like okay. they didn't intend it to be sure, this sure, way, sure. but like it's like uh, this is drug paraphernalia. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, this piece <laughs> of glass is exactly shaped what you need. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see that. But no, however, for the board game War on Terror, the piece of equipment that was being confiscated by the police was a balaclava. You know, essentially think bank robber <laughs> mask, like that covers oh, your face, yeah. that had large red letters across the forehead that said "evil." <laughs> Uh, and their justification was it could be used to commit acts of terror you could just buy a (laughs) but that was that was their justification for pulling this game it would be cheaper to buy the yeah Yeah, exactly and it wouldn't have large yes (laughs) evil so that was round two no points again around the table See, I'm so, not good at social deduction games, but I could point out the person with evil on their forehead and be <laughs> yeah. like, I think that's the shooter. Can you still buy this game? Uh, I don't think it's in print, but mm. I, I think I saw you could buy a new copy for like 120 bucks on Amazon. That's yeah, pretty spendy. That's pretty spendy for a gag. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last question. For Craig's quiz this week. Board game edition. It's both broad and narrow. Which generational name has been turned into an absurd board game. So think millennials, Gen X, Gen Z, the greatest generation, baby boomers. Monopoly millennial edition? Okay. <laughs> but I'll, I, I, will, I will preface, it is a standalone name. The okay. name of the game is a name of one of the generations. Baby boomer. Mm. And, and just the... The generation. Like just, it's not like okay boomer. Nope. Okay. Just the name of the generation is the name of the game. I'm I'm gonna go with silent generation. Silent generation? Okay. I'm gonna tie back to the first question though. I want each of you to answer what does the game look like in your mind? No, with, Craig, with you answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking the questions here. <laughs> Do you not see this long, slender mic I have that indicates me clearly as the game show host tonight? Aren't you supposed to be, like, introducing us and, like, gently kissing each of us? (laughs) All right. So Silent Generation. Um, What does that game look like? I. This is a community, like, co-op, win or lose together type game. Okay. And I think you're, you're... a group of neighbors who's it takes place in the silent or in, in the depression. Um, and you're all just trying to get by. Maybe there's a mechanic where you get like a dollar a week to spend among you or a dollar per turn to spend among you. And you've got to make sure that every player at the table can has enough food to feed their family. Hmm. Uh, and there's kind of a, there's a kind of a randomization like, Sort of like in life where you pull the card and, oh, you have a child now. Or storm. You, you've, you've been fired. You don't get your hundred dollars or your dollar this week. Sure. And yeah, you have to make sure everybody at the table survives or you all lose. Hmm. Interesting. How does, 
D- is so you win as a collective though. Yes. There still isn't like an individual winner in that game. No. All no. Right. Hmm. All right. Caleb, what does baby boomers look like? Uh, so it's a social deduction game. You're at a a crowded place, and each player either has a baby or they have a bomb that looks like a baby. Your job <laughs> is to find the person with the baby bomb. So nothing about baby boomers. No, just no, no. This is clever name. <laughs> That sounds very fun. Yeah, I'd like that. <laughs> All right, Caleb, I got to give you the whole point because <laughs> the game in question is called Baby Boomer. And while you aren't quite exactly right, you are eerily close to what this game is. It was released in 1989, and I'm going to just read the game's description here verbatim. <laughs> Baby has a gun at the end of the hallway. Try to get mom, dad, or Officer Bill down the hallway before baby bumps them off. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is like a horrifying version of Don't Wake Daddy. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's baby with a gun. Yeah, baby with a gun. So that is the end of round three and the end of Craig's Quiz Board Game Edition. And I got to give the victory to Caleb with a full point. Having still given Rob yep. a point. <laughs> Congratulations, Caleb. What do I get? Uh, again, my respect uh, and, and weight in my mind. Uh, autographed opinion. copy of Baby Boomer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> will that will that incentivize you guys to try harder in Craig's Quiz if I start bringing prizes? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I'm a God, was, I'm a reward minded person. You give yeah. me a reward for yeah. the good deeds. <laughs> How am I supposed to know that the questions are going to be? Oh, what board game released in 1989? <laughs> <laughs> Don't. That's that's half the battle, man. Have, have to learn every single thing about it. Like, at least the questions on Jeopardy are, like, kind of obvious. <laughs> so as we can tell, Rob doesn't like losing. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I'm not going to study for these quizzes. <laughs> well, thanks for playing Craig's Quiz anyway. favorite board game Craig oof there is a very deep part in my heart that still loves risk mm-hmm. I have not played it in probably a decade um, but I think we own three different copies of it and it just something about it hits that nostalgia part of my head because there again a lot of formative memories in high school playing All that right. game let's do it tonight right now oof. <laughs> <laughs> I don't gotta work tomorrow let's go alright what, what about risk like obviously, is it just basically nostalgia, or is it actually oh, yeah, no, a good game? It, no, it's a, in like with with my scope now. It's a bad game. Like, oh, is it? I would, yeah. well, okay, I wouldn't say bad. It is. It doesn't hold up. Oh, yeah. Like it's not what I would choose to spend my time on if okay. I was going to play a board game. Yeah. R- risk is fun, but the game goes on. It, like it wears out its welcome. Yeah. Uh, Unless you are really playing cutthroat. Mm-hmm. If you're playing cutthroat, just like Monopoly, you can wrap it up pretty quick. Yeah. If you know what you're about. Maybe me and my friends were just never that good. <laughs> we did not pull punches. No? And games still lasted hours. Did, did you go for other people's cards? Um, That's the key. Jeez, I don't remember. That's the key is you have to eliminate a player 
when their cards plus your cards puts you over five because then you immediately cash in. Mm. Get the re- get the unit rewards from that and then just keep steamrolling. Sure. Yeah. But so that was how we played Risk. When we really wanted it to be done, it was someone finally like killed someone mm-hmm. and then they just killed everyone else that turn because <laughs> they just kept getting more cards. But that was the long-winded answer to a lightning round question. Caleb, yep. <laughs> what is your favorite board game? So... I don't know what it's called, but we played it at work, and it was basically a deck of cards, and it told a story. Hmm. And then as you flipped over the cards, it gave you an event to do, and it came with a bunch of really cool little mini games inside. Like one of them was like, use this card and hit it on somebody's head uh, as if you can. And if you hit somebody's head with it, your character progresses to the story. <laughs> it was really cool. I forget, I forget what it was called. Uh, but uh, Stacy, who was here for the, uh, uh, she was here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what the fuck did we talk about again when she was here? Authenticity. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, but that was really fun. Because uh, it mixed it up. It was a card game, but it was also a bunch of little mini games. So. Did the, the, the plot element of it, was it a kind of choose your own adventure or was yeah. it literally like you just progressed? You choose your own adventure and it, oh, there's cool. a definitive ending. Like you could die in the story if you make bad decisions. Cool. Because the one we played was like a superhero trying to make his way through like his secret fortress that the villain mm-hmm. had taken over. That's cool. Nice. Rob? I think you both know the answer to this. It is Firefly. Oh, <laughs> I it love is so that game. Fun. It is so fun. It is such a titular example, though, of like, I have all the DLC and I want to play the DLC. I have all the expansions and I want to put them all out because it's so fun and there's so much game. But it's like (laughs) trying to get someone new into that, I think, is tough. Mm -hmm. I will say at least for Firefly, the expansions don't uh, one of them does, but most of them don't add new mechanics. True. It's just more game. Yeah. Yeah. Which it is interesting that when did we get into uh, uh, an era of expansions having to add new mechanics? Rather than just add more game, mm. I, I think I, I think that probably goes back to the beginning of board games having expansions. Yeah, because for the most part, especially if you're looking at like early games, like if you're looking at Catan, how are you going to add just more Catan, like another island that there is an expansion that's basically that, but well, you, I mean, have to, you have to add another mechanic to get there. No, it's mm. the five to six player oh, ex- yeah, yeah, expansion. Yeah. It literally just makes more game. Right. But I don't think that was even the first expansion to that game. No? I don't think so. I don't know. Because I think Seafarers water? was the first one. I know Seafarers yeah. is the first one most people get. But yeah, I, I think early on in kind of more advanced board games – to sell the idea of, hey, get an expansion to this game. If it was just eh, more cards, more whatever, maybe you could sell that. Maybe. But if it's, hey, it's this game you love and then a little bit of something extra. I think that was what really sold them. So I think there have always been, since the beginning, expansions that add new mechanics. What do you prefer? Like more game or different mechanics? Oh, boy. I think that's tough. Because if you're if you're in a group that like just regularly plays one game, more of the same game probably isn't gonna do it for you. Mm. You're gonna want more mechanics. But if you're n- not in that group, more mechanics is going to make it harder to get the game to the table. Yeah. So I guess I'd say probably more game. Yeah, that is a tough question. I think I genuinely like both. 
and again, I'm holding it up on a pedestal, but Dune Imperium, their first expansion, Rise of Ix, I believe, it did exactly that. It added a whole secondary board, a smaller secondary board for some new mechanics, but then it also just added more cards for the deck builder portion. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, here's just more stuff, more things that you can combo with the stuff that you know and are familiar with, Mm -hmm. um, which I thought was really, really fun. Is that viable for these board games to do both? Or, you know, you look at Firefly and it just added more game. You know, I mean, it'd probably take a lot to rework the mechanics that's already there. I mean, like I said, there is one that does add a new mechanic. And it's a really fun mechanic. It adds the like the boarding and piracy aspect to the game. And that's mm-hmm. that is a really fun mechanic. I I don't think a lot of folks use it a whole lot because it makes the game a lot more adversarial. But I mean, it it also adds another like just a totally new victory condition Mm -hmm. that like you don't have to interact with the old game really at all. You can just go around collecting these bounties. So much of it is dependent on the theme and the the original mechanics, Mm -hmm. because that to me makes perfect sense in Firefly where you're playing as a ship. Essentially, mm-hmm. you're doing ship management. Okay, well, without having to change the core of the game, we can just introduce a new kind of ship. Right. That, yeah, it's tangential. It's it's supplementary mm-hmm. rather than being replacing. Right. How could you add, uh, really, a new mechanic to, like, Monopoly? <laughs> oh, Craig's thinking. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of how you could add stuff without creating like new roles because like i instantly think monopoly needs a tax man Hmm. all those places all those cards that say like pay tax like that suddenly starts going to a player and it's up to that player to actually make sure people are paying like appropriate amounts on what they have or i don't know but like i don't know how you could add something that like everybody gets to do Mm -hmm. that's a little extra quick question oh good oh let's just say uh you add the government as a character and they get to implement new rules. Yeah. Zoning laws. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually. Your Monopoly your Monopoly has been zoned for industrial waste. Yeah. Um, you can only have one house on Boardwalk. <laughs> so, barring the official rule, because I know the official fucking rule. Free parking. Does that get you the money in the middle? Abs- There's no money in the middle. <laughs> what? There's no money in the middle. I thought there's supposed to be money in the middle. That is no. absolutely home, house rules. That really? is not in the original he, rules. From it's everybody's there. house rule then. Here, here it is. Here's a fun <laughs> fact. In the 90s, if you bought Monopoly, there was an insert that was like, hey, check out all these house rules. Do all these extra things that are going to be like a whole lot of fun for your family and keep the game going longer. Yeah. Like everybody did it, um, especially because like it was – in the box, it was like, hey, this is a supported optional rule. And, of course, now everybody hates on Monopoly because it takes so long to play. It really doesn't if mm. you play it by the official rules. Now, if you buy a new version of Monopoly, and I know this because I bought Monopoly last year, <laughs> there's a big red insert that says, stop, do not put money in the middle. You get nothing for landing on <laughs> free wow. parking. Play the game by the rules. You're going to have fun. Because huh. <laughs> it's, it's true. It, 
by supplementing the game with more money, you are just inherently making it last longer because the goal of the game is to choke everyone else out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if there's less money in the system, then the game's going to go faster. But also it it turned what had a game that has some strategy into a game that also suddenly has a huge luck element. Like there's a lottery mm-hmm. element to the game um, that wasn't ever really yeah meant to be there. That's like life. I play the lottery every week. <laughs> I will land on free parking someday. Okay. You can have a lottery in Monopoly, but every player optionally puts money into it mm. and only players who put into it can collect. Okay. So it's a raffle rather than a tax lottery. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I did want to mention it was very nice last night. The night before we recorded this, we played some board games, but it it was the first time we'd done it in a while. We played card yeah. games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fine. <laughs> fine. Okay. To I, be fair, I, I was going to have a both. happy moment, Rob. <laughs> say like, man, it was really nice to see friends again and no, get around the table and really play cool. a game. <laughs> yeah. But nope. Fuck that. <laughs> Doesn't count, according to Rob. <laughs> Listen. You get to be an ass during Craig's quiz. This is Rob's quiz, and you are wrong. I award you zero points. Good day, sir. You lose. That's fair. That's fair. What were you going to say before you got rudely interrupted? Oh, just that it was nice to to get everyone together again, play some games. Yeah, that for me is the more important part. And like I said before, that's why I I still play Catan, even though I don't really like it, because... Board games for me is more about getting people around the table and just having something to do while you talk. Sure. And and in fact, I remember like I, I think back to like as long as there have been communities, there have been card games. I don't know about you. My parents played a lot of Pinochle. Um, their parents played probably Bridge. I don't know. Right. And like those are not super fun games. It was just. <laughs> getting everybody around, you know, you have a few drinks, you shoot the shit and there's just something to do on the table. It's an yeah. excuse to get together. Yeah. 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 I will say that like I I mentioned Monopoly in the fan, but I know that dad was a big fan of Scrabble. So I, uh, he would like us all to play Scrabble if we were mm-hmm. doing yeah. board games. Yeah. Scrabble's fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. I'm re- I'm just really bad at word games, but it's like so Scrabble on is I can see that it's a good game, but like it just it has never clicked with me. Mm. Always awful at it. Mm-hmm. It is hard. It's really hard, especially like the people who play Scrabble. Like they will spend time like memorizing words, oh. and like they do word scrambles to mm. like that. That's a game that you kind of have to keep fresh. Yeah. You, <laughs> You have to practice. For so, <laughs> did did Dad just like absolutely stomp on you, kids? Did, did he yeah, show no I'm mercy? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's why he liked it. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, Craig, what was your family's go-to board game? Careers. We had this game from like the fucking 1950s, <laughs> where you you move around the edge of the board, and each each space on the edge of the board is like basically a job you can get during your quote-unquote life. And when you choose that job or you meet the criteria to get to do a job, you then like go like up into the middle of the board on like this own little path. And then different things can happen to you while you're doing that career. And at the beginning of the game, you set your own life goals between money, love and fame. You have to have 60 points. 
but you get to determine, well, I'm going to win with 10 points in money and 50 points in fame and no points in love. Or I'm going to win with 60 points in love and nothing in the other two. Or I'm going to, I'm going to do 20, 20, 20, we, you know, whatever you mm-hmm. want to do. But so you basically, you call your shot at the beginning of the game and then you go live your life. And the first person to like reach their life goal wins. That actually does sound kind of fun. Yeah. It's, it, it was pretty fun. Um, and again, that was the one we played all the time growing up as kids and we could get my dad to play it. That mm-hmm. was a big reason we also uh, loved playing it. Oh boy, did he show us something though, because I think this is only like <laughs> a year ago. Out of a out of a fit of nostalgia in our family, we're like, hey, let's play careers. Like we're all adults <laughs> now, let's play careers. So everyone buys in and we, we managed to convince our dad to play it. And so we get it on the table we're all writing down on our little sheets, like our private goals. And, you know, we tuck them away. And then we play the game for maybe like five rounds. And then my dad has won. And we're like, what? What the hell? Like, how did you do that so fast? He's like, he literally like shows us how he won. And then he shows us what he did. And he's like, we played this game so goddamn much growing up. I had to get good at it so I could win as fast as possible <laughs> so that I could go back to living my life and doing my shit that I didn't oh get just stuck in a game with you kids. Uh, but it was it was astonishing how fast he won that game. <laughs> Did you guys play again? We didn't. Uh, I, but that's the thing. Is like, I didn't remember him winning that quick as a kid. Yeah. Like, But no, like after he 10 probably, years of not, not playing, he still remembered. <laughs> I would say he probably didn't win that fast as a kid because it, it was still family time. Sure. Yeah. But he had to know how to end the game. Yeah, like, like, now I am done. done. Yeah. <laughs> Supper's in five minutes. Time to go. Right. Time to finish this. Yeah. That's a good point. It always ended on opportune moments. Supper's in five minutes. Shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the th- my daddy would put a ton of points into fame and then he would go be an astronaut. Oh, just, yeah. just keep being an astronaut over and over again to get a bunch of fame. Is that yeah. a secret dream of your dad's? No, that's just no. like, that's how he won careers. Like, no, that's yeah. just like, because like, like, again, all the different paths are different jobs. So you could be like a teacher or you could be like an oil baron or you could be a Hollywood star. Or, yeah. Go to the moon. I remember wanting to be an oil baron. Yeah. When I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> Should we end this puppy? Yeah. If anyone was curious, my family's game. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I went super long-winded on mine and it was like, all right, we're done now. Yeah. No, Rob. Uh, Rob, please tell us. <laughs> no, no, no. We got, it's got to be a clean cut so I can, I can scrap no, all that out of there. I refuse. <laughs> that is my one note. That has to be left in. That calls back to earlier. Uh, That's the joke. Shit. Rob, what did your family play growing up? Uh, we we had a little bit of a rotation. We played a lot of Monopoly, Uno, and Yahtzee, and my grandfather cheated at all three. <laughs> like super blatantly, like everyone knew Grandpa was doing it, or like he was pretty sly about it. Uh, he was. He tried to be sly, but like he even already he had the reputation as a cheater <laughs> so everybody was like on edge watching him. Um, How do you cheat at Uno? Throw another card under your the card yeah, you're actually like. That's fairly obvious to catch. Uh, yeah, but also like you don't want to like interrupt every single time. Oh, we'll <laughs> look yeah. through the discards. <laughs> yeah. Wild says draw. Are you been given a draw far four? You only draw three. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. Yahtzee was pretty easy. He just would write a different number on the card. <laughs> Oh, he didn't even like cheat with the dice. He was just like fate fudging yeah. the score. <laughs> yeah, just absolutely. Straight up lying on the score. <laughs> yeah, <score>. yeah. <laughs> I 
I don't remember how he cheated at Monopoly. I do know he was not allowed to be the banker. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, he was the banker. And just <laughs> scoop money out. Mm-hmm. So uh, your your grandpa, the distrustfulness has passed down to you finally. <laughs> but I don't cheat. <laughs> well, that I'll, I'll rephrase that. I do cheat at <laughs> Munchkin because you're supposed to. It's in the rules. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so that's our discussion on board games. I think if I look at the cards, count up the points, I won tonight. <laughs> Must have been because you cheated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely did. All right. But we didn't catch you. So. Mm-hmm. If you, listener, have any thoughts or, or want to share any stories about what maybe board games you love, why you love them, or or your history with board games, uh, you can reach out to us at strikesorfancy at gmail.com, TikTok, Instagram, or you can go down to the details of this episode and send us a little voice message. We'd really appreciate it. Please, we're desperate for interaction. <laughs> Craig is so lonely. Exactly. So, so lonely. Not just talking to myself in an empty room this week. <laughs> so that's our discussion. Uh, I've been one of your hosts, Rob. With me, as always, uh, Craig's quiz winner, Caleb. <laughs> An enigmatic cardboard wizard, Craig. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks. And this has been Strikes Our Fancy. Thanks for listening. And this has been Strikes Our Fancy. Shut the hell up, (laughs) Craig. Nice phylactery you got there. Thanks for (laughs) litching.